My name is Christos Papadimitriou. I'm a professional soccer player here in Austria and a transition coach trainee for Athletic Soul. Our guest today is Taj Dajon, a former college football player and the transition coach for the organization. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about your sporting career? Sure, Christos. First of all, thank you for having me, man. It's an honor to be here with you. Uh, just to think when we connected earlier this year and think about uh, where we are now, it's exciting to see where you're at, man. So uh, it's a pleasure to be doing this interview with you. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I played college football at Stony Brook University, and I knew I wasn't going to the NFL, so that wasn't even on the radar for me. Yet, like many former athletes, I had no idea what I was going to do next, mainly because I didn't take the time to prepare for it. I just kind of figured that everything would work itself out like it always had because I was a football star. So uh, after my football career, I came home, was extremely lost, had no idea what I wanted to do next, and uh, just really struggled to find my way. I didn't know what I was interested in outside of football. I didn't know what kind of career path I wanted to go down. I just kind of chose my major in college because it was easy, you know, so I, yes. I had no idea what I was going to do with it. And um, obviously that led to a series of uh, challenges for me that many athletes face, not just with my identity, but just my life direction and, and all that type of stuff. And um, yeah, down the road, uh, I eventually, after having some career success in, in uh, sales and recruiting, decided that I was going to dive into being a transition coach. Um, basically, I wanted to be the person that I needed in my corner when I was going through the, the challenges of the transition. And that's led to... Uh, some wonderful opportunities, obviously being partnered with, with Athlete Soul now as a transition coach. And uh, it's, I've been able to help a lot of people and, and, and uh, do a lot of great things. Amazing to hear that. So how, how did you feel like during your transition? Did you experience some mental hurdles? Uh, very challenging, Christos. I mean, I spent four years on a scholarship, right? I'm from California. I spent four years in New York just kind of living the life, you know, obviously being on a full ride, everything was taken care of. I had my own place, living with some of my teammates. And to come back home to my childhood bedroom with no job prospects, uh, no income, you know, no idea of what I was going to do was extremely challenging for me. So I definitely went through a, a long uh, time, a long period of depression, of anxiety, just because not only was I frustrated with my situation, but I felt like I was in a, a, a dark hole because I had no idea how I was going to get out of my situation. So to answer your question, just from a mental perspective, it was very, very challenging. Um, it took me a long time to get out of that. And um, I think honestly, that's what, you know, working with former athletes now and helping them through their, their transition, having gone through that is what allows me to relate to them while they're going through that and be, being able to kind of guide them out of that. It's amazing because also I am an athlete and uh, I did, have some issues like this and as an athlete and from the culture that I'm coming from seeking out for help it's not so common in the beginning I did try to find someone to help me then I realized that he wasn't the right person for me because he didn't really understand me even though he had all the degrees and then with the time I started to to checking a little bit like what is available in, on internet just participating in some development courses and uh, reading books and watching motivational videos and slowly, slowly st starting building my self-esteem and my confidence in order to get back where I was, uh, where in the vision that I had. So it is, I guess it is very important not, if you had the chance to choose someone to support you during your transition, would you do it? And if you would do it, who would be this, this person? I, I really like what you said about at the beginning where you said asking for help isn't very common. And I think that 
the example that you set, or the example that I set, because eventually I started reaching out for reaching out to people for help too. I think that that's huge. That athletes should really uh, heed your words of wisdom there. That you need to be reaching out for help and finding people who can guide you. So um, at the time when I was going through my transition, there was no athlete soul. You know, there there were no transition coaches. Um, and like you said, I would reach out to people every now and then, but they didn't really get it. So to answer your question, I would reach out to people who had been in my shoes, um, you know, a team of former athletes, people who had gone through the transition and were now successful in their businesses, in their careers and doing great things. Those would be the people that I would have reached to reach out to back then. So I could not only get through the transition, but figure out, okay, how can I carve out a new lane for myself? How can I be successful after my sport this uh, this role as an athlete would not play anymore in your life like this identity how did you feel very frustrated only because well i, I put it like this a, a lot of athletes we when we're done playing our sport we still have that drive inside of us you know it, it doesn't just go away just because you can no longer put on the jersey and compete you know you're still a competitive person you still want to be the best version of yourself in some capacity And I think it's important to be able to apply that to the right thing um, because a lot of athletes who have no guidance, right? If you're not working with someone to help you get clear on what you want, a lot of athletes just kind of fall into things, which I did. So I was doing jobs. I was chasing money just to make ends meet. And yes, I would be great. I was producing great results, but I was unsatisfied because I was applying all this, all this energy, all this ambition, all that drive as an athlete to the wrong thing. So even though I was getting results, I wasn't satisfied on the back end. Um, but to answer your question, it's, uh, yeah, I think that what, what I really think about myself, that was the most frustrating part is not having anything to apply it to. So once I could find a cause, which is helping other former athletes get through their transition, that changes everything because now I wake up every day and I'm still able to take that go getter mentality as an athlete and apply it to something I believe in. And that's where you start to see the results come in and the impact being made. As athletes, we're also like we have this identity that we have been uh, developing all over the during this during our career and then we end up in a point that uh, if we, it is taken from us then what are we you know without having uh, developed some interest during our career then we end up in a point that we don't know what we want and that's the thing like uh, we develop a lot of skills that could be could be implemented in the life after sports but we haven't uh, really see what kind of skills do we have, where we are good at, and uh, how we could transfer in, uh, into the life after sports during also the pandemic, that uh, we are not allowed to train anymore. And uh, to, to be able to train alone, it is hard because you, are not, you don't have the, your teammates, you don't have this uh, team spirit, and you have to keep moving yourself all the time and motivating yourself how to do it. But uh, rather than that, they feel like frustrated because they don't have things to fulfill their days. And that's a little bit like uh, I see them, they are kind of struggling a little bit on that. What, for example, during your experience, what kind of transferable skills did you, did you see that yourself, that do you see that you have now and uh, you, you have this from sports? It's just having that go-getter mentality, having the drive, <laughs> having the discipline. And you touched on something that's so important, Christos, because you talked about that lack of te uh, community, right? Not having your teammates around you, not having you know, people in the locker room with you or people supporting you or pushing you, having to train by yourself, not having that community of people where you're on a similar path. And to me, the transferable skills were to kind of be able to create that for myself. Because at a certain point, I realized I couldn't just exist in a vacuum and be the lone wolf forever. 
I was going to need people to run with, right? So me having that discipline um, or even, even to be able to create structure, because I think athletes thrive in structure. And like you said, when you're done playing the sport, there's no structure around you. So you almost have to create the structure. So back to your question about transferable skills, I think I had to identify what I was missing first and then be able to take the transferable skills to go create those things for myself. So prime example, I realized I was missing community or people who were on the same mission. So I use my athletic go-getter mindset to, I'm gonna wake up every single day and just reach out to as many people as possible who are doing something similar. That's how I connected with Miriam. That's how I connected with Athlete Soul. That's how you connected with Athlete Soul because you woke up and you were applying your go-getter mindset to connect with people who are doing something similar too. You and I connect and now here you are. Now you have a team that you can run with. Um, structure is important too. You mentioned like you have to be able to go train and do things on your own when there's no one blowing the whistle for you, making you do it. You have to do that for yourself. And that's taking the athletic mindset and being able to say, okay, no one's making me do this. I'm going to do this on my own. So those are just, I mean, there's many transferable skills, man. We could, we could talk for hours about all the transferable skills, but those are two of the main ones that come to mind for me. And that's so, that's so beautiful because we are playing a sport and we don't realize what kind of uh, effect has on our lives. And then we see that when we are in a, in a dark place and then we are seeking out for uh, finding some, some new purpose in life. So if you, if you had the chance to look back at your sporting career and you had the chance to change things, would you do something differently? Yes. And that's a very interesting topic that you bring up because a lot of, a lot of people say that with an athlete, especially someone like yourself, right? You play professionally. So uh, when athletes are pursuing a professional career, uh, a lot of people will say, hey, you need to be prepared for life afterwards. And all of that is great. At the same time, it can be very difficult to prepare because you are, you're waking up every day, you're 100% dedicated to being the best at your craft. Um, and a lot of people see it as having a plan B and not being focused on plan A, which is making it professionally or whatever that looks like. So the advice that I would give to my, or something that I would do differently um, is realize that I, it's gonna end anyway, right? Even people who are striving to play professionally, you have to understand, it's not about taking away from your, your focus, uh, being a professional. It's about just thinking about what your life is gonna look like because it has to end. Not that you're saying, oh, I don't think I'm gonna make it, so I'm gonna plan for something different. It's saying, no, I'm gonna make it, and at the same time, I'm gonna be prepared for the rest of my life. You know, and what I would have done differently, I think is just get a lot more clear or start researching people. That, that would be a major one. Um, mm -hmm. Because if you don't know what you want to do, kind of looking at people who are role models or people who you might aspire to be like, that can be very helpful when you're saying, I like not what this person does necessarily their job title, that's part of it. But what kind of life is that person living? Like, what kind of impact do they have on people? What do they wake up every single day and do? So I think I would have identified more people like that during my playing days to say, this is what this person is doing after their athletic career. And I want to do something similar, not even athletes, but just people in general. And uh, I would have studied more people and, and seen what, yes. their, what, their, what their lives were like so I could emulate those qualities, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So you would be more like as an observer and see what other people are doing in order like, uh, to get a better insight maybe. As a professional athlete in general, we are, also, we are only told to do things in sports but we are afraid to try out new things. And that's also when, for example, something is going wrong in sports, 
and affects all the other areas of our lives. And that's a little bit the thing. Why not uh, the, the plenty of free time that we have as athletes, why not to invest this time on finding new interest or uh, just trying out things in order to develop like another identity, another identity of uh, as an athlete. Yeah, Christos, especially now, right? Especially with seasons being postponed or delayed or seasons being canceled. I'm glad you touched mm -hmm. on that because it's not the time to sit around and play video games. You know, it's not the time to, I know a lot of people are quarantined, but it's not the time to go out drinking with your friends right now. It's not mm -hmm. the time to just waste time. And I love that you said invest time because there's a big difference between investing time and spending time. Most people go through life spending time. I, I stopped spending time years ago. <laughs> there's no, there's every moment, every single second has to be an investment. Even us being on this call right now is an investment of time because the conversation we're having is going to help people. We're not just on here. Oh, let's hang out on Zoom. Like, you know, I don't, <laughs> we're, exactly. we're here making an investment of all of our time to help people. So I, I really like that you touched on that, man. I think uh, if more athletes can realize that their free time, of course, you have to rest, relax and recover so you can train and all that stuff, too. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but. Like it's invaluable to be able to invest the, the free time, right? It's not really free time, but invest that time to be able to do something powerful with it later in your life. We, we only get a short period of time on this earth, you know? So yes. You want to make sure you make every second count. And I think also the, the best investments are the ones we are doing on ourselves. And, uh, and the outcome we have, like uh, we are growing as people, we are growing our minds, and that's the feeling that you have later on. It's a, I, I guess it's an amazing feeling. I see it also for myself when I reflect back on my life and I see how I'm now and how I used to be. I am really proud because I did the work that is hard. It's not easy, you know, and uh, but once the work is done, then you realize that you have this uh, this self-confidence that, that comes from the right place, I would say. Absolutely. You should be proud, man. I'm proud of you. Like you said, Christos, we have that confidence because we know we put in the work. When no one was making us do it, when it was late at night, when it was early in the morning, we know that we put the work in and that's not why we can be confident in, in what we do and what we're going to do because we earned it and we continue exactly. to earn it every day. And sometimes we tend to, to see the result, but we forget that the most important, I would say, is the process and the small wins that we're going to have in this process. That's another great point you bring up, Christos, because I was having a conversation the other day, man, yeah. and uh, this guy was asking me, he was like, why do you think athletes have such a hard time celebrating themselves with the small wins and the conversation led to us talking about how like you know we're always on the go we're always trying to achieve 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 so sometimes we don't stop to honor the process like you said yes. and celebrate the small wins and uh it's funny man because that's even something i've been trying to incorporate in my life i have all these big goals and all these things i want to hit and then you know i accomplish a goal and i'm on to the next thing versus being like Man, that was that was great, Taj. Like celebrate that you even accomplished that or where you're at right now versus where you were a few months ago or a few years ago. So I think it's important for any athletes tuning in right now to listen to Christos's his words and really celebrate yourself and focus on those small wins and uh yeah, just be proud of those accomplishments too. So you don't get so caught up in chasing the next thing without stopping to appreciate where you're at right now. What are you doing now? I know that you have an amazing podcast, also that's how I found out about your mission and purpose. Uh Drive After Sports, it's the name yes, of the sir. podcast. And uh, tell us about a little bit like, uh, what, how is your daily life uh, look like? It's, uh, it's quite busy, but it's very mm -hmm. fulfilling. Um, as you mentioned, I have the podcast, Thrive After Sports. I started that a little over a year and a half ago because I realized that I can't reach everybody through my coaching. I can only do so many coaching calls in a day. So let me put out some information that can help people be coached indirectly. 
Um, it's the same reason I'm coming out with the book. My book is also called Thrive After Sports. That'll be out before Christmas time this year. And uh, same, same philosophy. I wanted to just create a different method to be able to have an impact on people. Um, a typical day for me looks like waking up. I wake up around six. Sometimes I might sleep in. It might be like 6.30. And then I get up and uh, get my workout in. And then from there, I'm just, uh, I have like some meditation time. And then I'm right on phone calls. Uh, I have, I have uh, a couple of, a few coaching clients that I work with every month. So I do phone calls with them. Mm-hmm. And then um, what else? I try to record a podcast episode. I'm facilitating a few projects right now. I just have a, it's funny, Crystal, because a few years ago, the life that I'm living right now is basically the life that I created for myself. You know, I envision this. I wanted to be able to work from anywhere in the world, um, have an impact on people through the content I'm putting out and through my coaching, be partnered with great organizations that are doing the same thing, which is why, um, you know, I'm so excited, like to have connected with Miriam, to have connected with Athlete Soul, and to be able to not only do my own coaching, but be able to coach and be a part of a team of other people who are doing the same thing. But yeah, man, that's what my day looks like. Uh, I'm also partnered with a publishing company now, self-publishing mm-hmm. 30 days. It's the same company that helped me put my book out. So what I'm really focused on with my role at that is uh, just seeing all the doors that putting my own story out there uh, in book format and all the different opportunities that come from writing a book and people taking interest in, in you being an author. I want to I give that to other athletes and other people doing great things in the world. So yes. I'm also helping my clients and just athletes who I've connected with over the years. I'm helping them publish books, leverage their books for speaking engagements or even virtual speaking engagements. And um, just leaving a legacy, you know, telling their story and having an impact on other people. Because a book, you know, you can't close the tab on a book. You know, you can't like turn it off. A book is forever. It's either sitting on your shelf. Even if even if no one ever reads your book, the book is sitting on the shelf and people are going to look at it and think about you or think about your message and your, miss- your mission. So, Also, like uh, you have now, you are going to publish your own book and uh, there is also hard work behind this, this, uh, this success. And... Uh, And I would like to touch a little bit on that, that uh, how hard it is to write a book because you were a, a, a college athlete. And did you imagine that one day you're going to have your own book? <laughs> I did not, man. <laughs> that wasn't even on my radar until uh, a few months ago. So I always thought that I would write a book when I was old and gray. You know, like mm-hmm. once I made it to the mountaintop, I would write a book just to like, you know, for the grandkids or something like This is my legacy piece and, and, and leaving people a trail of breadcrumbs. Um, and then it's, it's funny when you're trying to help someone, you end up helping yourself. So long story short, I had a client and he wanted to write a book. So I looked into my network, you know, me and you, Christos, we're networking guys. So I'm like, yes. who's in my network that I can help this guy get a book done? Mm-hmm. So I connected with the company, self-publishing 30 days and the number one self-publishing company in the world. I reached out to the founder. I helped my client do the book he sees me and he's like, Hey, I see a lot of myself in you. I want to help you. And I was looking for a business mentor at the time too. So he becomes my business mentor. And of course, owning a publishing company is like, you got to write a book. You have a great story. It can impact a lot of people. So I wrote the book and, um, yeah, man, that's, that's how it came about. And it wasn't hard to your first point. Like a lot of people think writing a book, it has to take years. They have a great process at the company that I was able to follow. And that's why I'm able to help other people do that now. It only took me three months to write the book. And it's not like, you know, some small little thin book. It's an actual serious yes. book. And I wrote it in three months because 
they basically had me break down the process, right? I'm already mm -hmm. doing coaching, so that made it easy. I have a coaching curriculum uh, similar to Athlete Soul that helps athletes transition. So I just was able to put that in book format where I focused on one topic per week, sent it in, they edited it, and I did that so on and so forth for like two months straight. And by the time two months passes by, I have about 10 chapters. And from there, all there was to do was edit it. So you, I wrote the book in three months. Like it was that simple. And I'm really excited about it, man. Cause I know that people are going to be able, just like the podcast, people yes. are going to be able to pick up the book and be able to read it and have a lot of help that I didn't have, that we didn't have, you know, yes. um, through our transition. So. And the shit that is also very important, like uh, the people that you are surrounded, you know? And I remember that I was uh, in Sweden when I was listening to one of your podcasts and you mentioned that uh, we, even though we might have the distance between uh, between our, ourselves and the other people, using their internet properly, you can have the right mentor. And I think you, you touched on this point in one of your podcasts, and I found it really interesting because uh, I don't need to wait to, to get a, a mentorship from someone that lives in the United States, for example. I can just uh, go on the internet and just start uh, checking out and uh, find a bit more, more information, even if, if maybe they are selling a course and uh, I could get directly having a mentor like this that would help me tomorrow in my life. Absolutely. Man, just the fact that you're listening to my podcast in Sweden just blows my mind. You know what I mean? Like I've, ne <laughs> I've never been to Sweden. So it's just crazy to think that, you know, people in Sweden are listening to my podcast. But um, so you touched on virtual mentors. Uh, that's something that I definitely believe in. Um, I talked about this when I was on the, the uh, Feed the Soul event that the, uh, athlete soul panel discussion and I, I'm a huge believer in that that in the times we're living in you'd be a fool not to start reaching out to people or or connecting with people who can guide you even if it's indirectly like you said so you don't necessarily need to be on the phone with someone every day if you can find a mentor who's willing to do that whether you're paying them or not mm -hmm. or you know paying for consulting or just having someone guide you then by all means do that but even just following people's work, just listening to their podcast, absorbing their content, uh, reading their books, reading their blogs, just we live in a time where there's no excuse to not be learning from people who you feel like you can learn from. If someone, like I'm the type of person where if I like what someone's doing and I'm inspired by this person, either through their work or just who they are as a human being, then I'm gonna absorb every piece of content that they have. I'm gonna find everything they've ever done in their career and I'm going to absorb it so that I, I, I can incorporate that into my life. And um, yeah, man, there's no, there's no substitute for virtual mentors. If you like, obviously I think you need to have both. You need to have people that you're connected with that you're spending time with that you're speaking with and then have people that you're learning from indirectly. How important is like, okay, once you, you have starting absorbing this content, how important is the implementation? Because we, we hear that, uh, you know, we read books, we, we listen to podcasts, but uh, when it comes to, to play mood, then everybody's like uh, scared to try it. What do you think about it? Implementation is huge. Right? I'm glad you touched on that. Like when, as athletes, when do we ever learn something and not implement it? What, like what's, what sense would that make for us to be in the film room or, you know, the coach is going over something over the board mm. and then you just go out there and do the same stuff that you've been doing. Like, so the same philosophy applies in life, whatever you're learning, you have to apply it. And just like in sports, like, you want to apply it as quickly as possible. You don't want to just accumulate all this information. And then it's like, all right, you know, it's been a month of me 
with the door closed in my room reading books and absorbing information. Now I'm going to go try it. Like anytime I learn something, I try to apply it the same day. You know, even if I'm, if I'm watching a podcast or watching a video or listening to a podcast, reading a book, my notepad is there so that I can write it so that I can like implement it. And then whatever I wrote down, I'll review those notes and then go try to implement some of that into what I'm doing. So to your point, man, yeah, you can't just accumulate all this knowledge and be learning from people without applying it. Bruce Lee said, knowing is not enough, we must apply. Willing is not enough, we must do. That's one of my favorite. I used to have a uh, that poster in my in my old apartment, man. So yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta implement, man. I'm so glad you brought that up. And I think that's also the way to go because uh, without implementation, if we get into this mindset of making assumptions and uh, not trying out, try things out, and because we are afraid that the failure might come, then we, at the end, we will never find out what is on the other side if, if we don't try. And that's right. the same in sports, that's in the same in, in business, in every industry, I would say. Yeah, 100%, man. So if you have any advice, for example, for athletes, that uh, how could they be better prepared in life after sports? What would you say? I would say it's everything we've talked about up until this point. So number one, mm-hmm. spend some time, invest the time in yourself. Um, and that, that could look like a, a bunch of different things. I, I highly recommend getting clear on what you actually want, almost like dreaming into the future. Mm-hmm. So thinking about like, for example, when I was playing football, I never thought of myself as, okay, I'm just going to come home and be broke and not have a job. Or my first job, I'm just going to be sitting in a cubicle all day being miserable, right? I I wasn't creating a vision for myself. So I just kind of ended up in these situations that I didn't want to be in. So my number one piece of advice is get clear on what you want um, and find someone who can help you do that as well. You know, reach out to Athletes Hope, reach out to Miriam, reach out to me, reach out to Christos. Like just get connected with people who have gone through the transition and figured out what they wanted to do. Um, and then spend time writing to get clear on what you want as you're connecting with these people or even before you connect with these people. And then, like we talked about, learn about yourself. Um, learn about people that you aspire to be like and implement the things that you're learning. Try them out in your own life. Uh, another thing would be that I would really get, uh, this is a message I really try to drill home to former athletes or to athletes is to not be so concerned about the money because um, the money is always going to be there. Uh, really get clear on your mission and figure out what you want your actual lifestyle to be like. And eventually as you're continuing to put in work, the money starts to catch up to what you're doing. Uh, Because if you're chasing money right away, you're probably going to be ended up in a position where you're just doing things for money versus doing things that make you excited. And yes, that money comes right away, but long-term when you're doing something you enjoy doing, it takes a little longer for the money to come, but when it, when the money comes, when it rains, it pours in a good way. The money starts coming in because, of, like we talked about, the work that you put in over time that starts to catch up. So that's huge. And then there's no shame in you know working a job just to pay your bills while you're spending time doing something that you really enjoy. I've worked many jobs, you know, many jobs uh, while I was building building my way up and building a mm-hmm. reputation for being a coach. So yeah, man, I know I know I threw a lot in there, but that's some general advice I would give. And I love this point that you made, that you said that uh, if you if you do something, if you manage to have a, a life where you earn your money from doing something that you love, I would say that that's a double win. That is like, uh, it's an, another feeling that goes to another dimension. Like, uh, <laughs> you know that you wake up with a purpose. 
have an, that has an impact on other people's lives. And that's a feeling that I would say that uh, cannot be replaced. 100%. There's no substitute for it. You know, a few years ago when I told, like, I quit my job, I went broke, mm -hmm. I had to move back in with my parents, and I wasn't making any money doing what I'm doing, but I was like, I'm willing to do this and be broke for as long as it takes, because I know once I hit that point where I'm at now, where I'm able to wake up and get paid for doing things that I enjoy, there's no substitute for that. Like, my only goal in life after a certain point, after I did the whole, you know, just struggling and chasing money, I was like, I want to get paid to be myself. That's it. I just want to wake up and only do what I enjoy. Obviously, not that I'm just going to sit back and, you know, drink margaritas on the beach because I like doing that too. But, you know, at a certain point, I mean, wake up to help people by being myself and sharing my experiences. And, um, yeah, man, there's, there's no substitute for that type of lifestyle. To get paid to do what you enjoy. And it's such a small percentage of people who are able to do that because not everyone has the patience to be able to put in the work to reach that point. A lot of people are just comfortable well, I have to get money. I have to, you know, I have to do what I have to do. Like, okay, you can do that, but it's going to take, you're going to have to make some sort of sacrifice if you really want to, you know, leave your, leave your mark in this world and, and live a life that you really enjoy, not just enjoying the weekends. But let me get off my soapbox. We don't even need to go into all that, man. <laughs> I find it interesting also, like, considering the circumstances we have due to the pandemic, and uh, I don't know exactly how it is in the United States, but here in Europe, many countries, uh, we're experiencing lockdowns and mm -hmm. uh, mostly the athletes or people are spending time uh, at home where they are not used to spend their time like this. So what would you recommend? How should they spend the time? What should they invest uh, their time? Yeah, invest that time in, uh, and it's the same here in the US, you know, we're, we're quarantined, mm -hmm. we have to, we can't be in social gatherings, but invest that time in, um, just learning, just growing. I mean, you have to, it's like we were talking about earlier. You have to find things that light you up, not necessarily outside of your sport, because there might be something related to your sport that you might want to do, uh, but find things that, that light you up and invest that time to become the best version of yourself and to start dreaming and visualizing, like you talked about what you want to do after your sport. You know, um, I also just, I don't think I touched on this yet. I think it's important to dream bigger than just being a coach or something like that, right? Because a lot of athletes who I encounter, uh, at first they say they wanna be a coach, you know? Mm -hmm. And that a lot of times, not that some athletes don't make great coaches, but a lot of times the people don't consider other things. They're just like, you know, oh, I played soccer all my life. I played football, I played baseball all mm -hmm. my life, so I wanna be a coach. Like, yes. it's, an easy, it's an easy fix to something that they actually might wanna spend time investing in and thinking about what they wanna do. So just to wrap it up, my advice to those people who are quarantined and stuck inside right now, of course, invest that time thinking about what you want to do afterwards and connecting with people who can help you get there and learning and growing, but also think big, like don't sell yourself short, you know, don't, don't just go with what's easy and comfortable, invest that time coming up with something that's true to you that you can actually be excited about waking up and pursuing every single day. I love this point. And uh, based on what you said, like having a clear vision, having a, a big goal at the end, but also setting up like uh, what you need to make in order to get this goal. It is also very important. And uh, as we said, as we spoke also before that, like these small ways that we might need to have and uh, we might need to have to put this hard work in order to reach this big goal that we, that everybody should have. And uh, as you said, like using this time in order to, to find what, who is our, what is our purpose and uh, what we want to achieve maybe in life. Absolutely. And I love your point and I love your advice and thank you for this fantastic conversation. Thank you for taking the time.
and to share, to share your knowledge and wisdom with us. And to all of you that we're gonna, they're gonna watch, you're gonna watch the recording. Uh, you can find all the information about us and Athlete Soul, and we encourage you to reach out if you need any further assistance. Awesome, Christos, thank you for having me, man. Fantastic thank conversation. You, man. Shout out to Miriam for putting this together. Shout out to Athlete Soul. <laughs> this was awesome.